Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the podcast. We are happy to have you here. And as the seasons go, what is our favorite time of the year? Right now, it is shed hunting. Deer season's winding up. A couple more days left in our season here. And it is time to get after looking for some sheds. It is one of my absolute favorite things to do with friends, family, the kids. I get everybody involved in it. It is an absolute blast. We uh, we actually just had my son's birthday party. Uh, his, he'll be turning 12 here next week. And we had some friends stay over. And none of them hunt, but they all stayed over the weekend. And the weather was perfect for shed hunting Sunday morning. It was a little overcast. Uh, even a little bit of rain and it had just rained the night before and a bunch of snow had just melted. So Flores floor was in pristine condition to go look for sheds. It's a little early, but you know, getting chomp, chomping at the bit, getting a little itchy here. So my son, uh, talked his three buddies into going shed hunting. So they have no idea what it was. And, uh, he explained to them, we got them geared up in some clothes and hit the road, went out and, and actually ended up finding a, one of his buddies found a match set, which was absolutely awesome. He was super excited to find it. Uh, the whole ride there, my son Luke's giving him tips on, you know, where to look, how to look, what to look for. And you know, as we're riding there, I'm listening to him tell him what to do and, and how to do it. And um, it, was, it was definitely a proud dad moment, to, to say the least. But we got to the spot and we covered a fair bit of ground. A lot of deer still holding. We did see, we jumped quite a few different deer and, and a lot of them were still holding. But as we were circling back, coming through one of the, one of the main food sources there, as we're walking out, his buddy Amir was like, I see one. And he takes off running to it. And as he gets closer to it, he's like, there's another one. And he picks up the one, picks up the other one. And sure enough, it's a, it's a match set of a, a small 10 point, a little broken up. And, uh, he was just, he, he was, he was thrilled. He was, on the car ride over, he was like, well, if I find them, I don't know what to do with them. You guys can have them. Yeah, you can, you can keep them with the rest of yours. And Luke's like, no way. He's like, if you find one, you'll want to keep it. He's like, well, I don't know what to do with it. And sure enough, he found these. He picked them up and he's holding them. He's like, yeah, you guys can't have these. I'm taking them home. I'm putting them in my bedroom. <laughs> so it was really cool to see his excitement. And my son was over the top excited for him. He's like, dude, he's like, you realize you just found a match set. You know, it took me a long time looking. He's been looking for he found his first match set last year. He's been shed hunting with me for, for years, but he found his first match set last year. And here we take him, his buddy, for his first time out ever. And he, he picks up a match set laying four feet apart. So it was, uh, it was a really, really cool way to, to kick off the year, get somebody new introduced to it. And his buddy already asking, when can we go again? So definitely let him know that it's not typical to find a match set on your first go round, but. So I just uh, wanted to share that little story with you guys, uh, a little bit of encouragement, get out and then see what you can find. But this episode here, we are going to gear it towards shed hunting tips. Some of the things that I've learned over the course of the years, uh, putting on miles for piles for sure. A lot of walking, many years for, for a lot of sheds. And as I said, it's something that I absolutely love. It's a passion of mine. I, I might enjoy this just as much, maybe even more than deer hunting. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a toss up. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. So I wanted to start with the gear. Some of the essential things that I think absolutely make or break whether or not you can have a good outing. The first one, something that I wouldn't leave the house without, is a journal. Whether it be actual pen and paper or an app you use on your phone, 
whatever it is, just something to notate what you're seeing. If you're seeing them holding the date that you're out there, obviously, if you find something, what you're finding and, you know, the date you found it, where you found it, that all adds up because good data in gets you good data out. And the more data you save and compile, if you look back on it, you'll find that there's a lot of patterns there. So first and foremost would be something to, to jot down and keep notes of what you're seeing and what you're finding. Uh, next would be a pair of good binoculars. A lot of times you can save yourself a lot of steps by just glassing something that you think might be a shed. You see something out there, you're not sure if it is or if it isn't, good pair of binoculars can save you a lot of steps. Uh, you know, even if it's only 15 feet away, sometimes it's hard to tell, uh, depending on how the leaves are or which way the antler's laying. But you pull a pair of binoculars and look at it, and you can you can definitely tell right away whether it is or it isn't. And then that can, that can definitely add up to saving you massive amount of steps for covering ground unnecessarily to go over and look at something and realize it's, it's not what you hoped it was. The next thing would be a pair of comfortable and I would recommend waterproof boots. A lot of times during this time of the year, it's, uh, it's wet, there's snow melting or it's raining. And obviously dry feet are the most comfortable way to be. A pair of comfortable boots that you can put on some miles because there's going to be a lot of walking involved in most cases. So something that you can walk around in and be comfortable with is, is ideal. And then another thing that I would recommend is most people have their phone with them, some kind of app to, to track your GPS and grid search. Turn on your tracks, see where you've been, see where you are. Personally, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of HuntStand. That's the app that I use. And each month, if I start in January, my trails for January, they're a certain color. And then when I go into February, they're a certain color. And the sheds, when I find them, as you mark them, when you find them, I make the icon the same color for each month. And if you want to know what they are, you click on them, you pull it up, and all the information is right there. So, you know, you can know whether you found what you found, um, if you saw deer still holding, you know, what deer you saw holding, you know, things like that are, are all great data to keep track of because, as I said, good data in gets you good data out. And the more you can compile in year over year, you'll realize how much of a value that can be as you continue to shed hunt, whether it's the same properties or different properties in the general area. Uh, a lot of the things seem to be similar as far as when they start dropping. Uh, another thing that uh, I would highly recommend is a good pair of gloves. I'm a big fan of leather gloves. You're usually getting into some briars and thickets, and uh, leather gloves tend to be the best to prevent any of that from, from getting through and, and being a nuisance. The other thing would be a pair of small nippers you can carry in your pocket. Sometimes you get into some some nasty places that it would be ideal if you could cut a couple pieces out of the way and just a small pair of hand nippers is, is great. Um, lastly, a pack, something to carry in, some food, some water, and hopefully the sheds that you're finding back out. While it's fun to carry them in your hand, if you're picking up a couple of them, it gets, uh, it gets a bit cumbersome. So either take some rope to tie around them to carry them, uh, like a decoy holder or, or something you use to carry the waterfowl out with, we just got a slip knot on the end, slip it over the end, good to go. Or a pack to throw them in to, uh, to make sure that you're always carrying them in your hands. If you're using binos as much as I do, you want your hands to be as free as possible. So rather than putting sheds down to use your binos, as I find them, they go in the pack. And then hands are free to push branches out of the way or, or use the binos to check what's going on. And as far as gear, those are the, those are the key things that I think make a difference on whether or not um, – 
you can have a more successful trip out into the into the woods to look for the sheds. The next thing would be obviously knowing when to go. You're not going to find them if they're not on the ground. At least the fresh ones, anyway. You may find some that found you know dropped late the year before, but knowing when to go is key. Ideally, it's great to wait until everything's on the ground. But as shed popularity has increased over the years, it's really not an option for me in any of the places that I have, whether it's private property or public property, it does not matter. As sheds start to fall, people are putting boots on the ground. And just because it is a posted property does not stop people from coming to look for sheds. So knowing when to go is, is kind of a, a loaded a loaded clue there. It's a it's a if you can wait and you know nobody's gonna be on your property and you can wait till you know, end of February, beginning of March in our area to go and walk, that would be awesome because you're, you're going to pick up a whole lot more sheds in one trip out than you would otherwise. But as I said, any of the properties that I have, I don't have that luxury. So typically I'll start early, the end of January here on the Eastern Shore, Maryland, Delaware. I'll start the end of January for two reasons. One, there are some that are going to drop early and two, you can be the first one into an area, the likelihood of finding deadheads are a lot higher. It's a whole lot easier to see a whole deadhead than it is a shed. So typically the first people into areas are often the ones to pick up deadheads. And and I, I mean, while I enjoy finding deadheads, I, I'd much prefer finding sheds, but I hate to leave them laying out in the woods and, and getting them chewed up and stuff like that. So if I can find them and, and be able to tag them and keep them myself, that's another option for sure. Those are often ones that I, I I typically cut off for dog toys and things like that. The sheds I find I, I I tend to keep them versus giving them to chew toys. But the deadheads that I find I don't have is uh, I don't know it's it's a little different. I don't I don't care as much about them. I uh, I'll use them to make toys or try to do stuff with. But being early gives you that benefit to be able to to find the deadheads and as well get on those those first sheds that are dropping. Like I said, I mean we found a match set that had dropped and it's, you know, January 28th is the day we found them. Uh, last year, my first shed was ironically enough, January 28th. I was on a different property, but uh, that time of the year is, is when you, they're starting to fall. Uh, like I said, the majority of them we saw the other day were still holding, but there's always those few. And, you know, if somebody else would have walked in there, there's a possibility that, you know, we don't find that match set. So getting out early is, is something that I've switched to over the last couple of years of this Again, keeping data, looking at when I'm finding sheds and, and what what the likelihood I feel like of, of me being able to find some fresh bone, how early can I push it and without blowing deer out of an area. So first couple times out, I don't typically venture deep into the bedding area. I'll stay on the outskirts, on the edges. So that'll lead to the next next tip is knowing where the deer are. Obviously, wintertime, they're going to eat. Food sources and bedding and the transition areas between those are the ideal places to be looking. So if you have a massive food source in a field, cut corn that wasn't disc returned, that's a great place to start. And that's where they're going to spend a lot of their time. And that's where you're going to find a lot of the sheds. So easier picking sheds laying out in a, in a cut bean field or a cut, well, cut corn, maybe not as easy as beans, but you'll be able to find sheds out in the fields. And if you can utilize an e-bike or a ATV, that's awesome. You can cover a ton of ground. Just go slow every couple of rows and glassing is a great way to cover a lot of ground on properties that you're able to get into and use 
uh, either an e-bike or, or even a pedal bike for that matter. But being able to get out there and, and cover some ground on an ATV on those bigger, bigger food sources is, is a great way to do it. Uh, walking works just the same. A couple rows, glassing. Just pay attention to the undulation and know where you need to stand in order to see the most area. You'll be surprised at how far out you can see a shed, even in a cornfield. So using a good pair of binoculars and just slowly moving through. And as you transition into the bedding area, if you can wait to hit that last when you feel like you know there's more sheds on the ground, that's ideal. But if other people are going to be tromsing through it as well, then, you know, you might as well be one of those people to go through it first and, and maybe pick up on some of those fresh sheds as well. So one of the other things that I typically do as well is I'll, I'll take a shed with me. Just first couple times out, you know, the anticipation of looking for that shed, um, you know, am I still going to see them? You know, you're always running through your head. What's it going to look like? What, you know, so if you have one in your hand and depending on the cloud cover and the conditions outside, you toss that shed out there and you can see exactly what, it, what you're looking like. Um, and by doing that, it kind of, you get your eye keen to what you're looking for as well. The one thing that, that you don't want to do is look for a whole shed. You know, you're, you're, typically, you don't see the whole shed laying there. Usually, as you're looking through and your eyes are scanning the woods or the field, usually you pick up on the tip of an antler, uh, the tip of one of the beams or the arch of the main beam. That's usually what you see. And then the rest of it jumps out to you. So when you're looking, you're not looking for an entire antler. You're looking for tines or tips of tines or that arch of the main beam. That's something to, to hone in on and look at. And as you're walking and you're moving through, don't think that you have to stare directly down right in front of you, five, 10 feet. While there's plenty of sheds that are found within that distance of, of where we're looking, where we're walking, where I'm standing, there's a higher number of sheds that I find that are much further out. You'd be surprised how far away you can pick up a shed. So don't hesitate to, to look out and, and broaden your, your view of where you're looking from. Stop and watch while you're moving versus while you're moving. Because if you're moving and walking, it's a, while you can see them, it's, it's definitely a little tougher. So as you're moving through, stop every once in a while and, and pan around and look. And don't forget to look back where you came from. While you may have walked past the shed because the angle you're looking at it, it doesn't stand out to you, but from the other direction, it pops out. It's it's odd how it works, but one of the things you can do to see what I mean by this, is if you take a shed with you, put one out and walk around all the way around it and look at the angles, different angles that you're looking at it, and you'll see what I mean. Sometimes from one way, it's almost almost impossible to pick them up, and then from the other direction, it just it it jumps out at you like oh wow, like smacks you right in the face. So one of the things again, I say a lot of people make the mistake is their, their heads down. They're, they're looking right in front of them and you're not covering as much ground as you can that way. So, you know, don't forget to take some time, look up, scan the whole area around you, look where you just walked, pan behind you and be sure to glass anything you think might be or could be a shed. And you'd be surprised how many you'll find a little bit further away from you than you think. So another thing as I was saying, if possible to leave the bedding for last, if you can't do that, then when you're in the bedding, watch and look for fresh sign as well to know that you're in the right bedding. Um, just because a traditional bedding area was here during gun season, it may not be where they're bedding in the winter, in the winter months. They might be bedding a little bit closer to food. So 
you know, while you think you're in the right betting area, you may not be. So look for fresh sign. Make sure you're in the place that you want to be, where you need to be, um, where the deer are currently. The next thing that plays a big factor is the weather. Um, one of the best times to go is cloudy days after a rain or you got some snow on the ground that has just melted. So the forest floor is now matted down and you don't have dried leaves sticking up all over the place. And that definitely is a huge benefit when you're looking for sheds. The matted forest floor after a fresh snow has melted or rained on and has been just beat down flat is no better time to go look. The sheds pop way better then. And without the bright sunny skies, they're a little bit easier to see. Not saying, you know, I'm not going to not go on a bright sunny day. If my time allows me to go and it's sunny out, I'm not going to not go because it's sunny. I'm definitely still going. It's just sometimes a little harder to pick them up, especially further away in the fields and stuff like that. They don't uh, they don't tend to glisten or glow or pop out to you quite as easy as it does on a cloudy day. But the ideal conditions would be just after a rain or even during a light rain. And that way the first floor is matted down and you can see a whole lot better. I would, I would encourage taking people with you. Uh, introducing people to the sport is always fun. And if you can have more set of eyes traveling through some area that you're, you're coming, especially if it's somewhere that you may not get back to, the more people you can have in there looking around with you, the better. And the other thing that is a huge game changer is, as I mentioned before, a phone with a GPS tracker. Be sure to keep the tracks on and look at where you are you'll be surprised how many sheds you can find in an area that you overlooked. When you when you really grid search an area and you look back on your tracks and you see, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I might have missed this, you know, three-quarter acre, half-acre parcel. And when you walk over there and get into that section of the woods or, or even a field, uh, you'd be surprised what you, what you can find. There's, there's often times that I missed out on sheds. I found them the following year and they were chewed up and, and beat up because – they lead all year and the squirrels and mice and everything else got to them. And had I had turned on my grid search, I would have realized that I missed that area. And if I'd have walked it, I'm pretty sure I would have found it. It was, you know, it was a, a bigger, bigger five point side of a deer. I'd been chasing for a couple of years. I found the one side, but couldn't, didn't find the other. And until the following year. And as a result, like I said, most of his two and his three was all chewed up and gone. But had I have had the grid search on like I, I know I should and didn't do, I'm 100% sure I would have found that shed had I have looked back and saw the areas that I didn't cover and didn't didn't get on and go back and hit them. And no doubt I would have found it. Uh, grid searching is, is definitely easy to, to to get away from when you're in the woods and you're following deer trails and you're, you're zigzagging through the trails. While that is and can be a productive way to do it, you often miss a lot of areas. If you're going to grid search, truly grid search it stay to your plan to grid search the area you're moving through with trails and you're crossing over trails and a heavy trail you come up on it it's just you know it's, it's tempting to just hop on that trail and follow it and meander through the woods again while it works I, I tend to find if you take that path you you lose out on a lot of area you miss out on opportunities to find other sheds that i, I know for sure that i've found by sticking to my plan to grid search the area I go back and forth and literally grid search, you know, 10, 15 feet apart, however far you think you can comfortably see and know that if there was something there, you're going to find it. 
And in doing this, you will definitely increase the number of sheds you find versus just hopping on a deer trail and, and meandering through, especially in heavy populated areas where you got tons of trails crisscrossing and moving. You know, before you know it, you've, you've circled back around, you're on another trail and, you know, you move through a whole area, but you've left so many areas untouched. And because you were seeing signs, sometimes it gives you a false, uh, false security that you're, you're covering the area that you needed to cover. You're where the deer were. And while you might be where the bulk of the deer are traveling, they're, they're probably walking and not in a fast pace to get anywhere. But a lot of times those sheds are found off that beaten trail where they're, they're running through the woods. They were scared by something or what have you. And that's where I find a lot of my sheds. So sticking to a grid search is definitely, definitely a way to increase your options. And, and don't, uh, while it's tempting to just hop on a deer trail and follow it, if you can stick to the plan to grid search an area, I think you can improve your success on how many sheds you'll find in any given area. And then the last thing is to make sure that you, you note everything you find. Note the days you found them, how fresh you think it was, if there's blood on the pedestal still, you know, if the wax ring was still on the pedestal, um, if you found one from the year prior, because sometimes, you know, walking in one area one time is never enough, in my opinion. I, I feel like I walk all the areas that I walk numerous times, and each time there's, I'll find sheds. And I'm many times I find one the year after, and I'm like, well, I, you know, I should have walked one more time to, to find out. You know, if, if I either maybe I would have missed it, maybe not, but noting when you're finding them and if you're finding fresh ones or if it's a known one from last year can definitely help you know when to look. Because year over year, as I've tracked and kept records of, of what I'm finding and where and when, there's a, a sweet spot for sure. There's a, a seven to 10 day period where I'm finding the bulk of my sheds that are fresh sheds. And that's the time frame that I, I hit the hardest and as frequently as possible. And in doing so, you know, I, I increased my odds on how many sheds I'm finding, I feel like. So keeping all that data and noting what you have, I mean, you can use a Sharpie right on the bottom of the shed. Um, again, I, I'm a big fan of using the app HuntStand and I note which ones I find, when I find them, and just take note there. So that way... I can just flip back, I can look, and I'll title my maps, you know, shed season 2020, 21, 22, 23, and then look back year over year and see, okay, well, you know, this color is for January. I know where I walked in January and when I found sheds. This color is February. I know where I walked and when I found sheds. And then March. And, you know, in doing so and, and keeping that data, it's definitely increased how many sheds I'm able to find and know where to go and when to go to what places to be able to better my odds, I feel like. Uh, you know, it's it's always fun to get out, but it's way more fun to be successful when you're doing it, for sure. So I hope that maybe some of these tips are, are something you can take away from and increase your odds in finding sheds. Anybody that does find some, we'd be happy to happy to see some pictures and, and hear some stories, especially if it's uh, your first or your, your biggest. I'm always excited to talk about anything related or around hunting, fishing, anything like that. So anybody has anything that they find, be sure to share it with us. You can find us on social media, uh, all the platforms where they are, Network Outdoors, and post a, post a picture and give us a quick story about what you got and, and where you got it. And if any of uh, the information we were able to put out there for you helped in that process, we'd love to know that as well. Definitely excited for the next couple, probably three, four weeks or so, is going to be the prime time where I am here. 
and looking forward to, to getting out and hitting the, hitting the woods and seeing what we can't find. So again, I hope that something that we shared here will help you improve your odds this year as you get out and start into the 2024 shed season. Wish everybody the best of luck and hope you're safe. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and listening to another episode. And we look forward to you guys tuning back in and checking things out next week. Thanks a lot. And God bless.